the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. It calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I go by the name of Spud. Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> and you've landed, you know, probably accidentally on our little radio show. In life, you know, cool things can often happen when random stuff occurs. Now, I will acknowledge that, yeah, there are times when not-so-cool stuff happens, too. But, but since the show just started, let's round up and assume this will be at least a semi-cool experience for everyone now listening. Yes! That said, I now need to introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a reserved but heartfelt laugh, if you would. <laughs> Now, that might have been a tad too reserved. What do you think? No, I, th- I think you nailed it. Yay. Um, now, now I need to introduce my co-host for this show, Lawrence, who normally serves as our show's public sector food critic. You know, we appreciate you filling in for the dude who normally sits in your chair, Gerald. I don't know what he's doing right now that's more important than supporting me in my role as host. I guess I will have to, you know, like aggressively debrief him next week when he's back. But thank you for filling in, man. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me here. You know, I was supposed to head out there to College Station, Pennsylvania, because the, the producer, our producer, she wanted me to review the food in the student union over there at Penn State. Penn State, huh? Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I, between you and me, I'm kind of burned out on the grub that they serve to the college kids these days. What the hell, Joe? So I owe you one for getting me out of that assignment. Thank you, Spud. No problem. I just told our illustrious producer to get me Lawrence as I couldn't do the show without you. Hell no, you can't! But what about me? I mean, we are family, oh, right? No, no offense, Aunt Dorothy. I didn't mean to okay. minimize what you bring to the show. The designated laugher is the second most important element of any successful radio team. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think I forgot what the most important one is, but still, you are such a key part of the show. You need to know that. All right. Yeah. Hey, hey Spud, Spud. Yeah. Uh, do you do you still put out at least some veggies there with some ranch here in the studio or maybe a little small cheese plate or something like that? Because I'm, I'm really hungry, man. Dinner was over hours ago. I, I tell you what, that is really the only perk that I get during the public sector food critic gig on this show, that free food. Well, I, I wish, but you know, a few months back, uh, the budget cut started and now we're lucky to have the heat on in the studio. And now I have to wear two pair of socks to do this show. I'm just saying. Oh, you know the cold doesn't bother me, though, because after I did seven years at Pelican Bay Prison there in Cali, I learned to deal with the heat 
and the chilly conditions and our TSO. Yeah, I always feel so inferior to you, Lawrence. You know, the the biggest test of my manhood was once I went camping without an air mattress. Mm. I just went on natural and put my sleeping bag right on the very hard and dirty ground. Stop being weak! It was was only one night, so I dug down and toughed it out. But you doing seven years locked up in a cell sure tops my unfortunate camping experience. I don't know, because I've never been camping myself. Hey, hey. Uh, uh, listen, Spud, can I bring up a topic on the show tonight? Well, you know, I did have something I was planning to discuss, but yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, well, I was wondering if any of the uh, CPA guys out there might be listening to us tonight, because you know uh, the dudes who crunch numbers and who do tax returns, any of y'all, I, I sure need to talk to one of them right now. Well, it's not tax time, what's the problem? Uh, I don't know for sure, see, I got this call from this guy, and he said he works for the IRS, and... And if I, I'd be charged with a felony or something or go to prison, if I didn't call him right away and talk, I had and, to call him back. Oh, and he chaptered. He went bankrupt with his casino company. And look, I don't know what to do. I did my seven years on that art forgery beef back there, and I can't go back there, man. I, look, I know I missed some of the guys I did time with and a few of the guards, too, and all that. Right. But right. I have grown accustomed now to using the bathroom alone, <laughs> having two pillows at night. And, yeah, being able to change the channels on TV without getting death threats or nothing like that. Because life on the outs is nicer. Oh, yeah, I bet. Especially with the remote control thing, changing the channels. Yeah, absolutely. big deal. Then. You know, we can see if there are any CPAs listening and, and get their input if you want. We're not going to let the IRS do anything to you, okay? Believe me. Uh, hey, uh, can somebody play, the, you know, that studio phone number? Call in the spud line and give them a piece of your mind. Call the spud line. Call the spud line and give them a piece of your mind. 253-242-3054. Call the spud line. Call the spud line and give them a piece of your mind. Call the spud line. All right. Well, I don't know if that was necessary, but hopefully someone who knows about this kind of thing will call in. You yeah, know, that'd be great. All right. I got I, I got to move on here. Occasionally, you know, instead of having a band come into the studio, we like to poke around in our vault of prior live performances on the show and, and pull out, a you know, a couple tunes that were memorable. So uh, let's let's lead off with a mellow but nifty tune by Madness Blooms titled Tunnels of London. Roll it. About a beat for the corporate sound. I wanna live with a reckless abandon. I wanna feel my senses arrive. I wanna die in the tunnels of London. I wanna take it straight out of this selfish life. I wanna die in the tunnels of London. I wanna keep calm and carry on. I wanna repay this debt of emotion. I wanna pass, wanna pass this second one I wanna live with reckless abandon I wanna burn out fear and pride I wanna die in the tunnels of London I wanna transfer my soul to another time 
Somehow I've been talking it on the damn Spud Goodman show. How the f*** has this happened? Uh, Spud, uh, your first yeah. guest, Al Roker, he's wanting to talk to you right now. Al Roker, all right. Yeah, oh, I dig Al Roker. I watched him on the Today Show every morning when I was locked up there. Everyone at Pelican Bay loved Al. So there was no arguments, you know, about keeping the Today Show on the TV when he was on uh, the rec room. Yeah, you know, I learned a lot about weather the last time he was on our show. Very cool guy. Yeah. Hey, can you ask him if it's going to rain tomorrow? Because, you know, I was going to go to the dog park tomorrow. Um, you don't have a dog, do you? The answer is... Uh, no, but I've met some really nice people there, so I try to go back every few minutes and all, because I usually bring a few dog Every few minutes? Me. Well, every few weeks, I'm sorry. Not, okay. not, not every few minutes. A couple weeks here and there, you know. And I bring some dog biscuits with me, and then everybody, they, they love me because I got those dog biscuits, and they call me the Biscuit Man. I'm so hungry. Nice. Well, uh, hey, could you just put Al through, though, as, as maybe right now there could be some weather disaster going on somewhere, and he might have to, you know, maybe hang up and head there. All right. Okay. Here he is. Welcome back to the show, weatherman, actor, game show host, and author, the one, the only, Al Roker. Hey, man, thanks for checking in with us. Well, thank you. That's right. Well, Al... Hey, now. Yeah, you have a new book out that's pretty darn important. It's titled Al Roker's Extreme Weather, Tornadoes, Typhoons, and Other Weather Phenomena. Looking back, yes. looking back though, do you wish it kind of maybe led with hurricanes before tornadoes, or what do you think? It's kind of timely. Well, it is, but, you know, you, it, it, the timing of the book was just serendipity. Uh, they decided to put it out right around the beginning of school. Right. And who knew it was going to be this kind of a crazy hurricane season? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not uh, exactly a weather expert myself, I will just say that. And I don't well, play neither one. neither am I, so that makes two of us. Well, yeah, but it is, it is almost, it is uh, something out of... Uh, I don't know, a movie that you would never believe. Let's put it that way. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's been a crazy season. I mean, this is one of those, uh, we haven't had one since 2007 like this, where, you know, you've got, uh, and in fact, we've never had two Category 4 uh, hurricanes or two Category 4 or higher form in the uh, eastern Atlantic, and we've never had two Category 4 
storm or higher hit the co- uh, the continental United States. So this has been a crazy year. In fact, there's something called the accumulated cyclonic energy, or ACE. Uh, it's a number that uh, the folks at the National Weather Service use to to basically talk about how strong a hurricane is. And we have had the highest amount of uh, ACE, accumulated cyclonic energy, uh, for the month of September ever. Wow. Had, for this, this year, we've had nine, this not counting the hurricanes we've had, but so far, before we got to, the, this is January through June, we've had nine billion dollar weather events. Because nine, they caused one at least one billion dollars in damage. Right, we've had nine of those events. All right, it's well, just crazy. Al, I, I got to say this. Let's lay it out for the listeners and be as plain as day here. Climate change is real, and only a zombie or a very greedy slash stupid human being would doubt this. I mean, Earth's warming, and the ocean waters are like a bathtub now, right? Well, it, 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 it's listen. Uh, whatever you want to believe is causing climate change. Climate change is happening. It, it's irrefutable. It, it's happening. You can deny it all you want, but it's happening. And the fact is, uh, it, 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 it doesn't mean that you are going to have extreme weather, but that the potential, the, the, the percentages of having extreme weather and extreme weather swings uh, increases greatly. Right. And so that's, that's what we are dealing with. Well, you know, we're aired on uh, in, in the state of Florida. Do you, do you think um, all the people who live on coasts of this country and really around the world will now need to keep like an inflatable raft in their closets? I mean, well, I think, well, you know, look, I think the number in this country, uh, I think it's something like 60 percent of the population of the, the country live along coasts. Yeah. Along coastlines. And, uh, you know, uh, sea rise is is here. Uh, you know, look, look, you get sunny day flooding in Miami, uh, city of Miami Beach, spending billions of dollars raising street levels, putting in pumps. And, and eventually it's kind of like bringing coals to Newcastle. You know, you're going to see you know, it's going to overwhelm it and it's not going to make a difference. Well, so, uh, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where you're going to have to uh, accept this. Well, how frustrated are you as a known scholar on this topic that our educational system is, is kind of dropping the ball on informing our children the risks that they and we and well, they, of well, course, look, will be facing? I, I'm not going to, I don't put myself up as a scholar. Or I am, a, Al, I, I am. I well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I, I, I'm not even a meteorologist. I don't have a degree in meteorology. But uh, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. Uh, I want to get kids, and this is not, we're not brainwashing them, but we are giving them information that they can use, that they, they can read with their parents and, and have a healthy respect for the power of weather, and also realize that there, there, there's a lot of cool things about weather, but that there are things that are changing about our weather. And although climate change is not the, the, the thrust of the book, the thrust of the book is weather phenomenon and, and kind of the cool, uh, strange and wonderful things that happen within weather. Right. 
Well, I can only think of like one positive uh, thing for for uh, this situation that's going down right now in terms of, of our climate, and because uh, Hollywood producers got to be like licking their chops with all the future disaster movie franchises, they can get greenlit by the studios, you know, with well, those pending you know, doom coming. Well, the funny thing is, I mean, the reality is outstripping what, what yes. Hollywood can do. Yes, that's uh, what I was saying so, earlier. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a look. It's a time where we're, we're. I think we all have to pull together and look at what's going on, and 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 really with a clear-eyed uh, look, say, okay. Uh, hopefully, we can reverse this. But if we can't, how are we going to be weather resilient? How are we going to deal with this in a clear-eyed manner that protects our our resources, protects our property, and protects our lives? All right, all right, super. Well, on another topic outside of weather, uh, Al, you were an announcer on WrestleMania 33. How cool was that? You looked like you wanted to jump into the ring and go around or two. Well, no, there, there was not, that that look was not there. That, you were imagining. Oh, okay. No, that, that, but but it was amazing to stand down there, and you are you know at this in this giant uh, stadium, you know seventy seven thousand people. Yes. Uh, it, it's it's mind-boggling, you know, and and these these athletes, and and by the way, people say, oh, by the way, it's fake. Well, I don't know, you know, I don't know uh, about the outcomes and all that, but from a physical standpoint, these men and women, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, Spud, Spud, I want to have yeah. my opinion on the world of wrestling here. I agree with Al here. I might I myself get really upset. When people make cracks about it being fake, now many a wrestler over the years has shed his or her blood, sweat, and tears in that ring. Do people question if NASCAR is fake or golf tournaments? Wrestling does not get the respect it deserves. Oh, uh, Al, just a second. I hear you. I know for a fact those guys burn a heck of a lot of calories in a match. And that is real sweat, along with, you know, copious amounts of baby oil glistening on their Adonis-like bodies. Does anyone doubt they have invested a ton of man hours in the gym, sculpting themselves, let alone, you know, the time spent in tanning beds? That's right. And their bulging biceps, glutes, and laps are just mind-boggling. They're just mind-boggling. And I am also in awe of their strong jawlines as they strike quite a pose in their wrestling togs, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I don't, you know, check this out. I don't think they wear cups for their junk. So the lack of fear is stunning too, don't you think? Oh, I do, absolutely. Yeah, and then they also oh, display guys, like... Guys, we get it that you both admire wrestlers, but can you dial back the uh, the intensity of your affections? It's even yeah. making yeah, okay. me a little okay. uncomfortable. Sure, and Dorothy, sorry we alarmed you. I'll get back to Al. All right, Al, I'm back. Okay. All right, well, I'm going to end this thing with a request. Can you give everyone your Macy's Parade countdown? Ah, Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yes. I, you know, it's one of my favorite things in the world to do. Uh, it, it is to be part of such a tradition, something I grew up watching. And now, you know, there, I have people coming up to me saying, I grew up watching you. Oh, my gosh. I, I, you know, you, you, our Thanksgiving doesn't get started until the parade is over. You right. Know? It, it's, it's, it's really exciting. Can you give a countdown? Uh, a countdown. You mean just like, like just say we're at we're, just say the the name because I can I can use that like I don't know I can take it from oh, okay. like, yeah. phone yeah. messages it's, uh, or something. It's coming up. Here's the number of days left till your Thanksgiving Day parade on NBC. 
Awesome. That's that's awesome. Okay, well, tell you what, I know you got to go. So everyone needs to look for your book, Al Roker's Extreme Weather, now available everywhere. And if you can't find it, ask for it, okay? So uh, yes. thank you so much for calling in because I had a keen time and I learned a few things too. Well, thank you, sir. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, Spud, the show psychic, Ted Ma, he's holding for you right now. This is going to be cool. Okay, do his plug and put him through. Read this card here? Yeah, right there, yeah. Okay, okay. Ted Ma's Out of This World show is aired on KKNW, 1150 AM in Seattle, and on the web each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Here he is. Say hey to our show's resident psychic, Ted Marr. How's it hanging, man? Oh, fine. Fine, Spud. It's great to talk to you again. Yeah, well, what I wanted to ask you about was your take on zombies. They're everywhere these days, more popular than oh. porn, I think. I mean, put a zombie in anything and it's gold. I, I just don't get why people are so fascinated by them. I mean, you have superpowers that let you talk to dead people. Do zombies have the ability to communicate with you and other psychics, or are they just too stupid? I think zombies are a Hollywood fiction, to be honest. Oh. Although, um, some say that, that, that there are some in political office, I'm not going to name names, um, but, um, but they're, I know they're out, I, I, it's hard for me to tell whether they're real or not. Oh, okay, well, um, I'm just going to operate on the assumption that they are real, because, I mean, okay. I've, seen, I've seen them so often, so I was wondering, do zombies have to use the bathroom if they were real? And I'm just, like I said, going to assume that they are. After, when they gobble somebody up, they never show that on TV shows or movies, and I like my scary stuff to feel real, and, and you never see a zombie having to deal with normal bodily functions. If they were real, do you think that they have to use the bathroom and do other stuff? Brush their teeth? They probably... Hey, uh, can I jump in here for a second here? Uh, I totally believe in zombies. And I, regarding them using the bathroom, well, I doubt it myself. Maybe they have, like, colostomy bags or something that they can empty. I mean, I doubt they would ever have to use, like, a sandy can or something like that. Oh, uh, hey, Ted, uh, just a moment. That's an interesting take on their digestive system. I had not thought about that. I know there's no way that, you know, they would take the time out to utilize proper hygiene, you know, on a regular basis as they're flesh-eating zombies. But I think it would make them so much more scary to people if they were shown to at least have, you know, maybe take a moment for an occasional potty break to relieve themselves. Yes, yes, I'm with you, Spud. I think monsters and other scary stuff in the movies, they need to seem more realistic, you know, like maybe burp sometimes. Or, or they're just not burping. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, I got to get back to Ted, all right? Okay, I'm back. Okay, sure, yeah. Well, how about mummies then? I mean, they, they, I'm sure they're real. Can, can a psychic have a conversation with a mummy that's been cooped up for a few centuries? Or, or If so, I bet they have a whole lot to talk about. 
Um, actually, they can. They can contact uh, spirits on the other side. Um, I'm going to um, Machu Picchu in Peru next, uh, soon. Oh, cool. And I'm going to a museum full of mummy, mummies. And so I'll, I'll test it out for you. I'll let you know what, what they tell me if, if I can talk to them. All right. Well, you know, I, I really don't believe in a heaven or hell, but I haven't ruled out some kind of afterlife. What would be your advice? You know, you know what to come back as? Because I could never go with the werewolf thing as my testosterone levels are so low, I can't even grow a decent beard. Now, how about one of those shapeshifters like on True Blood? Have you ever spoke to one of those? I, I haven't actually, um, I, but, um, but, but basically it's a, one, it's a one-way street most of the time. When you've come to this point in evolution, uh, Spud, as, as a human, you usually don't regress into the lower animal kingdom. Oh. Um, but, I, you know, I'm always open to, to new things, but most of the time my spirit friends say that it's a, it's a progression um, from, from, from here to the, to the higher, uh, higher dimensions. So mummies, yes. Werewolves, zombies, and shapeshifters, possibly not. That's what you're going to state for the record as a, as a yeah. as certified psychic? That's what I'm saying. Yes. All right, all right. Okay, well, hey, I- I'll let you go, as I bet you're about to battle some evil reptilians in another dimension, so I-, I don't want to distract you or take up your time. So thank you so much for doing our show, though. <laughs> My pleasure, but It's always fun to talk to you. Mr. Ted Marr. These people, dressed as they are, come from all over the United States to make deals here in the marketplace of America. Let's make a deal. And now, here's America's top trader, TV's big dealer. So, so guys, no, no CPAs have called in or anything, huh? Oh, Guess man. not. Um, I mean, you know, maybe I should call that guy from the IRS back. I just wanted to get some professional advice before I did that, you know. I, I got to know my rights. You know, I I, I, I have to tell them everything because, you know, I may have made a mistake or two on my last 1040 that I filed. Do you do your own taxes? Yes. I'm way too scared to do it. So I hired this kid in my apartment building. He's a senior in high school, you know, right now, but he's really good at math. Oh, you Excellent. Don't, you don't need uh, no kid. I use a turbo tax program. Okay, this last year, I went to the library, and I used their computer. I just bring all my receipts, all the information I need in a bag. The only problem was there was this homeless guy. He was waiting to get on the computer I was on. He started complaining to the librarian on duty, and she told me there was a time limit. Now, now I should say that there were other computers available, but the one I was using was the only one that was hidden from anyone's view. Huh. It was They had this you know, temporary wall divider and all. I'm pretty sure the homeless dude wanted to check out porn and, you know, do his business there. The Masturbation Network, keeping America baiting for 300 years. Well, homeless people have needs, too. Well, so can they really send someone back to prison if if you don't call, you know, one person from the IRS back? It's, I just have a hard time believing that. Uh, Spud, can you see the interns waving at us? I think there's a caller on the line. Uh, uh, we have a caller. Cool. Uh, put uh-huh. put him or her through. Hello? Are you are you there, caller? Uh, am I on the air? Okay. All right. Uh, hey, 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 Lawrence. Uh, don't don't wig out. That dude who left the message is probably pulling some scam on you. Uh, a lot of people uh-huh. got those calls. A friend of mine got one last month. Uh, wait. The IRS does prank phone calls? Um, just like the Jerky Boys? Just to mess with people? No, no. No, no. those calls are made by crooks trying to get your personal information or 
cash if you're stupid enough to send the money. I'm almost 100% certain that call wasn't legit. Yeah, but if it is legit and I don't call them back, I could go to prison. That is messed up, yo. Listen, I don't care if the lockup people on NBC asked to sit down with me for a feature interview on this show. I am not going back. Oh, uh, that's MSNBC, Lawrence. Um, yeah. You know. It's one of my favorite channels. Um, but anyway, I, I hear you. No matter how cool it would be to see you in, in like a real hard-hitting segment on Lockup, that's why I watch MSNBC. Lockup. It's amazing. It's on all weekend. Come on. Anyway, but going back inside, it wouldn't be worth it. Hey, yeah. I, I was always going to ask this. How come in all the prison TV shows and documentaries, all the inmates are people of color? <laughs> Uh, Except for those skinhead neo-Nazi guys, you just don't see a lot of white middle-class-looking dudes. Where do they put those guys? I can't figure it out. And it only makes common sense. You know, I've always wondered that myself, Spud. And I used to see a few when I did my time. Well, I mean, they weren't like unicorns, but there were not very many. Maybe they have a special prison for them or something? Like at one of those uh, for-profit prisons, maybe. Well, hopefully you never have to go back to any of those kind of places. Hey, hey caller, are you a CPA? He, he could use your expertise right now. No, no, I, I, I drive truck. Uh, I'm mostly Seattle to Denver, Road, but uh, I can have my friend. Uh, he got called, too. He got called. Uh, uh, I'll, get, I, I'll get a hold of you. He's a nice guy. He's been a plumber for years. That's so hot. Well, yeah, sure. I'd appreciate getting his number. If you, you know, Can you leave it with like one of the interns here when we're done? No, 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 no. Heck, I can give it to you now. It's two five three No, call it, call it. You can't. You can't. You're saying you can't give out the guy's phone number on the air without his permission. Just leave it. You know, with the interns handling the phone lines. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Hey, say, so call it, call it. Uh, did your friend say that the guy that called him say anything about, you know, asking him what he was wearing? There are all kinds of perversions. Because that was the part of the. No. Message. I got that part of the message too. No, 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 no I, don't, I don't think so. It's, it sounds like he had a couple of things maybe he was fishing for there. <laughs> yeah, sounds that way. Hey, we got a go caller. I think mm. our next guest is about ready to call in uh, later. Hey, yeah, I understand. Can I give out my number if anybody's interested in bare lawn ornaments? I make them with bare my one. chainsaw. I take uh, a nice big log, and then uh, I, I just... Yeah, yeah, I, I told him we had to go. Is our next guest ready? Yes, yes. Our next guest is Anne Heche, uh on the line now. Boy, I used to really like her. Hey, did you did you watch Nick Tuck? Uh, uh, yeah, Nick Tuck. yeah. You you know she's still alive, right? Um, oh. She's on the phone calling in right this moment. Okay. Tonight, a Kelly file exclusive. Well, that's that's very cool because you know what? I was a big fan. She has a new show on NBC, actually. Oh, oh, really? Not MSNBC, NBC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, why don't you just put her through and we can find out what she's up to these days. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, I'm picking up that's uh, what a co-host is supposed to do, right? Is that well, what is the question? Uh, yeah, that's at the top of the list of job duties. Uh, okay, okay, all right, here she is. All right, thanks, man. Say hello to actress, writer, and director, Anne Heche. Hey, we appreciate you calling into our show. Oh, are you kidding? I love Seattle. My best friend lives there, Lisa Light. If she's listening, shout out to you and Cooper. I love you guys. All right, super. Um, you have a new series, The Brave, now airing on NBC on Mondays at 10 p.m. 9 Central. You play the Deputy Director of the Defense Intelligence Agency. That's a very prestigious position, even if only on TV. Did some government agency vet you before you took the role? Well, <laughs> that's funny. I think a lot of people vetted me. I'm not sure if they got as far as the Pentagon, but... 
Uh, I do feel that this is quite an honor uh, to be able to play. All of our team is very invested. We, we are an Omega team. We're Delta, CIA, um, oh. and SEAL combined. And we do feel that, yes, we are portraying the people who do this in real life, and that's part of what bonds us on our show. We tell the truth, and we try to do it as humbly and as respectfully as possible to the people who actually have this responsibility. Right. Well, well, you know what? You had a very successful film career, co-starring in, say, like, Donnie Brasco, Wag the Dog, Cedar Rapids, among many. But you've done some really interesting TV shows also. One of them was a favorite of mine, Hung, on HBO. Why the heck did they cancel that? You know what? I don't know. That show is very dear to my heart. But the creator of it, Colette Burson, one of my best friends in the world... Why do shows get canceled? It is a, it is a mystery. I've unfortunately been a, a, a part of some heartache when Men in Trees was canceled. Right. My other favorite shows where yeah. I had the love of my life. Yeah. Um, you, you, can, you, just, you just don't know. You don't know if it's audience participation or if it's another you know, inside thing that HBO decided they wanted to put other shows on the air. You, just, you never really know. The miracle is that you keep on going. All right, all right. Well, you know, this year you completed shooting the independent film My Friend Dahmer, the story of serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer playing the wife. That must have been a somber set, huh? Did you guys, like, work to keep things a bit lighter between takes? Maybe toss the Frisbee around or play some board games? (laughs) You know, Ross Lynch, I I think everybody is going to be floored by watching that incredible talent turn into Jeffrey Dahmer, and he does. That was a very important movie for me. When I met with Mark Myers, um, I have a very specific opinion on how children become who they are, and partly it's the responsibility of the parents. And I don't think those parents took responsibility. It was a very, very difficult role to play. There wasn't a lot of joking, I would say. Yeah, um, probably not. Is, um, but. But again, I'm not, we, I joke around, I'm not a Methodist actor, I don't walk around in character. There is, I'm always trying to make make uh, people at least enjoy when we come in through laughter, even, even the most painful things, it allows you to relax into the responsibility of, of, of the movie that you're doing. And that movie particularly focuses on the last year of his life. His friend wrote a, a graphic novel called My Friend Dahmer, and it is based on his senior year leading up to the first kill. Right, all right. Well, let me let me hit with this one. Let's a little change of pace. Uh, you were once chosen by People Magazine to be one of the 50, top 50, most beautiful people in the world. How much of a drag was that award, really? I mean, did it stop you from wearing, say, a favorite old pair of sweats to the grocery store or force you to have a stylist on call 24-7 if you left the house? I couldn't handle the stress myself. <laughs> That's so, I, you know what? I forgot about that. So right now my ego is being completely boosted. So I appreciate that. I'm going to walk around with a top hat today. Um, those kind of those, those kind of accolades are things that you just as a human being don't really process. You're like, wait, really? That's super nice because I know about a trillion more people who are more beautiful than I am. I enjoy that that is something that comes along with um, hopefully giving people something to pretty pretty to look at while they're um, absorbing the stories that I like to tell. Well, I mean, you, you could still, at some time during that, that year at least, you could wear something that was comfortable, right? You didn't have to, like, go all out to, like, to Safeway or something, did you? No, no, no. Listen, I'm not J-Lo, okay? Like, all right. I all right. do not have a team of people that, first of all, there are not crowds of people that follow me around, and I've not, and right now I live in San Jose, nobody 
could care less what I wear to the store, which is partly a relief, I will tell you that, because it's the day that you decide to wear sweatpants that they find you. Yeah. Every other day that I look good before I walk out of the house, nobody could give a crap. When I do say, you know what, nobody cares, just throw on a cap and get out of that, that's when they find you. Hey, Spud. Yeah. Spud, a guy was, was taking pictures of me last week when I left my apartment. It was pretty cool. Oh, uh, and just a moment. The paparazzi were staked outside your apartment and snapped away at you? Wow, that is pretty... That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Oh, well, you know, I found out later it wasn't a guy from that paparazzi. He was a private eye. I guess some dude hired him to investigate me because he thought I was sleeping with his wife. Well, were you? No, not that guy's wife. It, it was a case of mistaken identity, but look, I won't lie. It felt kind of neat to have someone taking pictures of me. I don't own a camera myself. You got to get rid of that lame flip-flown of, of yours. I mean, Jesus, what is, when was that made? Get a decent one with a camera. Hey, I have a Samsung 7 I can give you. I bought it for, uh, I bought myself the new iPhone 8. I needed more Ooh. storage for my music library. You know, I have over 20,000 songs, Spud. Oh, yeah, really? Oh, thanks, Mr. Javits. Right, just let me get back to Ann, okay? All right, I'm back. Um, where where was I? Oh, yeah. Man, I I would give anything to be found by the paparazzi, but it's just not, it's not happened yet. But I'm, I wrote those notes down, as if it ever happens. Anyway, all right, well, I know you got to go, so <laughs> let, let me remind everyone, your new show on NBC, The Brave, airs each Monday night at 10, 9 central. Hey, thanks a bunch for calling into our show. Hey, thanks a bunch, and I just want to encourage everybody today to go to the blood, blood banks and give to Las Vegas because they are in desperate need of blood there. And, um, and to give to Puerto Rico, you can go uh, to my campaign on CrowdRise slash NH and donate to Puerto Rico and help them get some gas and food and water that they desperately need. Well stated, Miss Ann Hache. Our Constitution forbids it. The principles of our freedom forbid it. Morality forbids it. And the law I will sign tonight forbids it. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Back to another live music performance from our show's Bass Library. Uh, this song is by the Old Foles, and it's titled Sideways. It features the late musician Jason Locking, who is dearly missed by many. Uh, hit play, please.
Goodman Radio Show. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Spud Goodman Show. What a jerk. So, Spud, your last guest, Frankie Munoz, he's on the line here for you. Hey, isn't he Malcolm, like, in the middle? Uh, yeah, he started Malcolm in the middle, but, but he's on that dancing, you know, show with the stars. Dancing with the Stars, it's called, on ABC, and he's doing really well right oh, now, wait, I guess. Wait, hold I, on. I heard, I don't know. Spud, I thought you hated that show. You know, I listen to this program, even when I'm on the road doing the public sector food reviews and all that, and I heard you say it was one of the reasons for the decline of Western civilization. All that pajiggle jaggle is not beautimous. I have mentioned that once or twice, but yeah, I guess I accidentally, you know, caught a few episodes of Frankie and, and Derek Fisher on this season's shows, no, but no. not enough to damage my sense of self or anything. I, I just watched it a couple of times for, for a few minutes. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. <laughs> I can understand you pretending you watch the show while you're interviewing guests that are on that show, but admitting that to me and the listeners, that took guts. Just put Frankie on, please. All right, all right, here he is. 
Say hello to actor, race car driver, and now dancer Frankie Munez. Uh, thanks for coming on our show, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Dancing, though, huh? Frankie, you're on this season's Dancing with the Stars, which you know airs on ABC Monday nights at 8, 7 Central. We've had a number of contestants of this show on our program, and I have to say it's survival of the fittest. Your competitors will show no mercy. I'm not saying someone's going to like pull a Tanya Harding and, and go for one of your legs, because right now you're killing it. I'm just saying watch out, man. Oh, man. I, you know, I never thought I would, uh, I would say that I was a dancer, but... Now that I am a dancer, I can honestly say that I love dancing. Um, I'm having so much fun so so far on the show. I mean, like I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I'm the type of person that, like, I'm scared to dance in front of my family. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't dance anywhere. You know, like I'm this is my biggest fear. So to literally be dancing on Dancing with the Stars in front of millions of people every week is very stressful. But I, I really, really enjoy it. So uh, hopefully, we'll keep keep going strong. Uh, did you take any lessons, like at Arthur Murray or someplace, to prepare? Or are you just relying on your God-given abilities? No, I literally never taken a dance class before. Like, have no dance experience. Like, showed up with no expectations, not knowing what to expect, not knowing if I'd be able to do anything. But, like, really, the first day, like working with, you know, the pro who I'm working with, Whitney. Like, I I had a lot of fun. I, I felt like okay, I can I can move a little bit. Like it's still a little awkward, but okay. And you, you work a lot. I mean, you you're have five, six hours a day rehearsing oh, that's not every good. single day. Whoa. And, you know, so, like, you're going you're gonna to learn, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just, it's, it's, it's coming out of me, I guess. Like, I, I didn't know it was in there, but uh, um, it's coming out. Well, you know, that cha-cha thing you did on the show was impressive. i got to say that. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's begin with your acting career before Malcolm in the Middle. And was it 96 or 97 you moved to the L.A. area and began doing commercials? What was the first product you had to push in one? Oh man, I don't, I, I don't know what the first would be. I, I did like a, God, I don't know. I haven't thought about that in a long time. I did like a, I did a Ford commercial oh. when I was really, really young. It was one of the first things that I ever did. I mean, I, I feel like what was the first one was really cheesy. Oh man, like I don't know. God, you put me on the spot. My memory's not that good. Uh, I'm that's to okay. All these dance moves. But, you know, I, I, I've always wanted to do a commercial myself, but I heard they don't let you, like, add your own ideas. You have to say what they write for you, huh? Was that pretty much it? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, they have, like, an all storyboard way before, and they're like, okay, here's where you're going to smile, and here's where you're going to act with surprise, and that's it. You know, and do it good. <laughs> I would but, have difficulty. Uh, no, I mean, I don't know. I was, I was really young when I started, and was always just really excited to do whatever they told me, you know, and... Uh, spot, spot, spot. Yeah, I can say something here. You know, I too have always wanted to do a commercial. Do you think if I got an agent, I might be able to do one? Oh, uh, excuse me, Frankie. I don't know. You know, you do have that it factor. So, I mean, you would stand out at auditions for sure. If I was a casting director, I'd put you in one, but you would have to be the right product. I mean, I can't see you selling constipation or boner pills. No, no, no. I, I would have to be given a product I totally believe in. Like, for instance, say, uh, reverse mortgages. Man, those commercials are for old people. Uh, I would have thought you would go with maybe Doritos, as, as you love the Cool Ranch ones so much, or possibly Slim Jims. You eat a dozen or so of those a day. Hey, those reverse mortgages are one big scam on senior citizens. I think Tom Selleck should be just burning hell for those commercials. That's kind of harsh, Miss Javits. Oh, well. uh, uh, Okay, yeah, I do love Doritos and Slim Jims. But I've been looking into those reverse mortgages, and they sound like such a good deal to me. 
But you rent, right? You don't own a house. Well, yeah, but if I did own a house, it's pretty cool you could just get paid by some company. I need to buy a house and get me a reverse mortgage. Well, you will regret it. Yeah, and I don't think it works like that, but just let me get back to Frankie, okay? Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, but I don't think you understand those reverse mortgages, Spud. They're pretty cool. Yeah, right. Okay, Frankie, uh, my apologies. Yes. When you finished your first season of Malcolm in the Middle, did you think you pretty much had this Hollywood thing down? I mean, the first episode was viewed like, what, 23 million people and the second 26? I mean, nowadays, like, good nights, like, you get 6 to 8 million viewers. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny, when you're, when you're an actor, right, you start out doing commercials, doing theater, or doing whatever you can, local theater, anything that you can to kind of just work on being an actor and, because you enjoy it. So you get on a TV show and, or you, you book a pilot which you don't even know if the pilot's going to go. You know, but you do that one episode and you hope people, you know, the network likes it. Then it gets picked up. You're like, oh my God, this is amazing. It gets picked up. We did 13 episodes the first season and we were kind of like a mid-season replacement. Like we, we didn't start airing until January. And when it airs, you go, I hope people watch it. Then it's successful, but then you go, I hope people continue to watch it. And they do. And, and then it gets picked up. So it, it, you, you, you can never... You never know kind of what the end game is going to be. Like, you're always kind of like hoping for the next, oh, then we, I hope we get picked up for season two. So when we did, it kept moving and moving. Like, you're, you're just as excited with every single step. You know, so I don't know if, if after one season I was like, oh, I got this. This is easy. Like, I, you know, you're, you're still, still learning and still hoping that, you know, people continue to enjoy it and watch it. And, you know, the writers continue to do their thing and make, you know, good scripts. And so we could be, you know, have put on good performances and stuff. But... I don't know. It's uh, it's a pretty crazy experience to have had that, especially when I was so young. But uh, I'm so grateful for the people who watched the show and put us on for a long time. Well, hey, you got nominated for an Emmy, so I think you did quite well. I think that's a safe to say. So yeah. I don't know. You know, like it's funny. I think about that now, like that I'm older, and I go, well, "That's crazy." That I was nominated for an Emmy against you know such amazing actors and Golden Globes and stuff. But like when I was a kid, like I was just, I was just. Doing what they told me, I you know I was just I enjoying myself and having fun and and uh, I guess it worked out for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of did. Well, did you have a feeling then that your fellow cast member Brian Cranston would go on to become such a major star in the industry, or were you are you somewhat surprised that his immense talent, you know, actually won out and, and was recognized? I I would I would say that honestly, like Brian, from the day I met him, was a the most incredible person, but like my idol as far as acting goes. Like he would show up. And he was 150% committed, you know what I mean, to whatever they had him do. And on Malcolm was always some pretty wild and intense stuff. But, like, he's an amazing actor. He's am- I-, I knew it, you know. So, like, I'm not surprised by it, but I'm so happy for him because, like, he's honestly, like, he's my idol for sure. Right, yeah. What a talent. Um, well, last question. Let's touch on your auto racing career. You drove professionally for a couple years. Any close calls where someone ran you off the course or maybe a, a fight in the pits afterwards? Because you, you have many years on the experience on the L.A. freeways. You must have been prepared for anything on the track. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely L.A. freeways prepare you with the road rage. Um, but, no, I, 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 I've had, had some pretty big accidents. And, you know, you definitely – there's close calls that you, you – not like – you know, Ricky Bobby and Talladega Knights fighting. Right. But, you know, you, you definitely, you go up to the driver and you say, you know, I'll remember that. You know, you, you don't want them to think that you're weak. You know, you have to be, you have to be strong on the track, on and off the track. So, 
but uh, but no, I don't know. <laughs> no, um, I, I would say my racing has helped me on on the streets uh, for sure. Yeah, okay. I was, I was wondering if drivers ever like juice or anything to get that testosterone level up because you know you got to kind of be aggressive. I just just I was always wondering that, but anyway, all right. I don't think you need to like you. you all, it comes out of you like the adrenaline. Like you know your heartbeat rate's going 190 beats per minute, and you're you know just just ready. You know I don't know, I, but uh, but I. I I never needed anything additional. All right, all right, super. Well, let me let me say again that you are competing in this season, number 25, actually, of Dancing with the Stars. And it would be nice if people voted for you. I mean, you're doing quite well right now, but, you know, look, anything, everything will help, right? Any, every vote no, will help. No, I need the votes. I need, right. I need help. You know, it's, it's definitely not just your dancing ability or, you know, or whatever. It's definitely the vote. So please keep me on the show. I want to keep dancing. I love it. I'm having so much fun and I want to do it for a long time. All right. Thanks much for calling in. Thank you. Mr. Frankie Munoz. Bounce from the passengers. If you're traveling to Gloucester Road Station, change here. Take a district line train. Pickney line trains are not stopping at Gloucester Road Station until mid-December. The next station this train will be stopping at is South Kensington. Next stop for this train is the Spider Show. My, how time flies. Hey, uh, Spud, look, I gotta apologize. I kind of hijacked the show here for you, and I made it all about me and my audit with the IRS. I'm sorry, did I mess up what you were planning Well, for you know, I was going to lead a discussion on having to get up and pee so many times at night. I don't know what the hell is going on with my body. I it's think that maybe I might try to be taking a pregnancy test. If it's not that, then it's menopause, definitely. It's just a major waste. Uh, in our populations, waste of time. Think, think how much sleep is lost across this country. I, I don't know for sure yeah. if it's a problem in Mexico or Canada too, but in America it sure is. Uh huh. My late husband Ron, after he turned forty, just hooked up to a catheter at bedtime, and he slept like a baby through the night until the really? day he died. Oh, wow, yeah. wow. Yeah, I wish my roommate, uh, my cellmate, had something like that. Cause my last year at Pelican Bay, he used to wake me up every 20, 30 minutes every night. Cause he would pee like a racehorse. It sounded Ooh. like a fire hose. Oh, no. Courtney, Chloe. Yeah, I told him to cut back on the liquids before lights out because he was always drinking those Capri Suns that he would get from Ooh, the I like Capri Suns. They're really tasty, but it would just keep him peeing all night. Boy, man, I was glad when he got paroled. Hey, uh, they're saying we do have a call from a real CPA. Do, do you, you want me to take it? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> running out of time, so it's got to be a quick call. Please, please, let's take that because I want to talk to him. All right, all right. Caller, go ahead. What should Lawrence do about that message from a supposed IRS agent? Should he call him back or not? Uh, first, let me ask Lauren something, if I may. Yeah, go ahead. By the way, my name is Charles Gregerson, and I have an office in the Spokane area. So, oh, did this gentleman mention any specific part of the 1040 you submitted? Like, was there a section that prompted them to contact you? Hmm. It, often claiming a deduction for a home office, for example, to set off an alarm with them. Did you file a Schedule C? Well, I think I did. That's the section that you use to claim business deductions. Is that right? Yes, it is. Well, since I'm almost a volunteer doing this public sector food critic gig mm-hmm. with what I get paid, yeah, I thought I would be uh, somewhat aggressive with my deductions. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. You know, my meals, entertainment, professional uh-huh. journals, and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. You, know? you could mm-hmm. deduct magazines? Wow. I mean, maybe I'll at least look at the catalog the next time some kid knocks on my door selling them. It's good to know. Thanks for that free financial advice, Charles. My pleasure. 
So, Lawrence, did you also claim any capital gains losses? Capital gains losses? Um, well, okay, between you and me, I did try to slip my Netflix bill in there under that miscellaneous expenses oh, category. Netflix, huh? You don't that's, think that's going to get you in trouble, do you? Look, alternative Ooh. facts are not facts. I doubt your audit will drill down that deep. Uh, just don't try to slip any adult entertainment costs. I had a client who suffered serious financial damage by attempting to deduct several thousand dollars spent on live girl cam. Oh, wow. Live cam very girls? Wow. Hmm. Some dude tried to deduct live cam girls' money. He blew a... Wow. What a dumbass. <laughs> oh, never underestimate the stupidity of a horny man. Uh, no, it was never actually filed with the IRS. His wife caught him when she was signing the return. Boy, she was not happy. Oh, boy. I'll leave it at that. I don't blame her. Well, I don't have a wife currently, so. Neither does he. All right, caller. Well, thanks for checking in with us and dispensing your professional wisdom for free. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we appreciate it. Yes, yes. Kind Thank of, you sort of. so much for that information. I appreciate it. Lawrence, I would say there's a 95% chance this call you got was some phishing scam, but I would still call the number and find out. If it is an actual IRS agent, just cooperate and you should be fine. From what I can ascertain, you don't make enough money for them to bother with you much. Yeah, it's probably just true. a routine audit, if that. Best of luck. If you do need a CPA, Lawrence, I bowl with somebody who has, well, had um, some 40 years experience over his life. He's in his early 90s now, but his mind is still quite sharp. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. Really? Thank you, Mrs. Jarvis, but, you know, I, I think I'm okay. You know? Okay. Now, I'm almost positive the call was a scam. Look, if the IRS, the real IRS wants to get a hold of me, they know how to do it. I did learn a lot on the show, though. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, but, no yeah. problem. But I do think the show would have been more interesting if we had discussed the getting up all night long to pee issue. Um, I think it'd be actually... But, hey, I'm glad to help out a friend. I, I got to sign off now, they're telling me. So I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Copyright 2017, Spud Goodman Productions.